1: Hi everyone, welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director. You're with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi
0: everyone. Well,
1: Mara, we are in the thick of November sweeps and the shows have really pulled out all the stops. I mean, every show has delivered on the preview we had in our recent issue and I am here for it. So Bold and Beautiful is featuring the Thomas Hope and the mannequin story. And, you know, I think Matthew Atkinson has done such a great job with it. I mean, you know, it's like kind of a tough sell working with an inanimate object and trying to create a spark. But, you know, he has done it. He has committed and I am hooked. Um, And then you have Days that had the explosive anniversary party for Jack and Jennifer, which was full of fireworks and great performances. Uh, You know, Matthew Ashford certainly had the meatiest material that he's had in years as Jack and really ran with it. But, you know, I really have to give credit to Katie McLean who had barely been airing for two weeks before she had to play Jennifer's, like, emotional devastation at learning Jack cheated. And, you know, it really illustrated why shows hire proven vets, because you really need someone who can hit the ground running like she did. And, you know, it also shows why they needed a recast when Missy Reeves couldn't make it back, because, like, this story hinged on Jennifer's reaction and, you know, her part in
0: Gwen's revenge plan. Yeah, you and I were talking about uh, how, on the one hand, it's such a shame that we didn't get to see Missy play those key scenes, and then, you know, on the other, how it is such a testament to Katie that she was able to deliver such a powerhouse performance. Uh, I have to say that I think there has been some really good pinch hitting this year between Katie on Days and then on GH, Brianna Lane as Brooklyn. GH has also had a really adrenalized November thus far, We saw a huge showdown between the Devane twins that ended with Alex meeting a watery grave, at least for now. Uh, Laura returned and it became clear in her very first episode that she is harboring a really important secret of some kind, seemingly tied to uh, Cyrus and his mysterious interest in her. Uh, Franco's brain tumor is back and Julian's back is against the wall with Sonny. So it has been hopping in Port Charles and uh, then on YNR, we've seen the introduction of Sally Spectra, which we had been awaiting. And uh, Adam kidnapped Chelsea as he went all in on getting revenge against his family and chance taking a bullet that was intended for Adam. So I feel like every show is really bringing it.
1: Oh, agreed. And you know, really, it's actually just beginning. You know, I know Bold and Beautiful has a big twist coming up late in the month. And Days has a really big story planned for Stephen Kayla once Ava is back in the mix. And, you know, speaking of great performances, Stephen Nichols and Mary Beth Evans have been fantastic in the wake of the DNA test indicating that trip raped Allie. You know, it says so much about having two solid actors who we know, and we've been on a journey with their characters for decades. So watching them navigate the twists and turns in their relationship just becomes that much more engrossing. And, you know, speaking
0: of that duo, you spoke to Tamara Braun about resurrecting the presumed dead Ava. I did indeed. Um, so Days fans, I'm sure, will remember the story a few years back with the warehouse that had the initials on the doorways that corresponded to characters we thought were dead and turned out not to be. Uh, and indeed, one of those doors bore the initials A, B, as in Ava Vitali. Uh, so Tamara had heard about that through a neighbor of hers who watches Days, but because she was playing Kim on GH at the time, she didn't think that much of it. Uh, but when Days reached out to her, she told me that one of the things she really stressed in conversations with them was that of her two previous stints as Ava, the one that was really closest to her heart was the first one where Ava was, um, and and these are my words, not hers, like less of just a cardboard evil character uh, as opposed to the way that she was written later. Um, And she was interested in going back to, you know, kind of playing Ava with more shades of prey. So of course, we will have to stay tuned to find out just how afraid the citizens of Salem should be with her back in the mix. Uh, But she said that the chance to work with Stephen and Mary Beth again was a huge draw for her because she so adores both of them as artists and as people. Uh, But we'll also definitely be seeing her cross paths on screen with some interesting uh, new players as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about that whole warehouse story, you know, it really became a free for all in bringing people back from the dead, you know, on days like we had Vivian, we had EJ and now Ava. And you know, it is days. So the whole concept of dying is relative. So it should come as no surprise to anyone that Ava is alive. But still, you know, sometimes it really does take away from the powerful impact of a death when we know that it's likely not going to stay that way. Uh, however, you know, one person who hasn't seen a resurrection is actually our guest today, which is Peter. Peter Reckle, whose bow sadly appears to be really most sincerely dead.
0: You know, it's funny. uh, We are actually working right now on an upcoming section for the magazine about characters who shouldn't have been killed off. And it's a section that had we undertaken it just a few years ago, it would probably look a little different. Uh, We would probably say Days shouldn't have killed off Will and G.H. shouldn't have killed off Nicholas. But here we are a few years down the line and both of those characters Proved to be alive. Uh, so, death, you know, it, it's so impermanent on those two shows. Well, Returns from the Dead are slightly harder to come by on YR and b&b though certainly not unprecedented. Uh, but you and I agreed that, you know, even though Peter, I think, was incredibly clear when he uh, last appeared on Days, that a permanent return for him was not in the cards. And I, I think in order to make it viable for Hope to move on, the show felt the character needed to have a definitive death. But especially with Christian Alfonso, his leading lady, likewise, you know, having exited the show and going on record as saying she won't be back, it stings a little that Hope couldn't go off into the sunset with Bo, even if it was off camera. Not to say that Bo's only value at the canvas is his relationship to Hope, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Uh, I totally know, uh, because you know that the main reason I started watching Days was because of Bo and Hope. That storyline sucked me in like literally no other. Uh, well, actually, I... I don't want to give short shrift to Luke and Laura because they were my first, but you know, bowing over the reason that I became um, a fan of Days More Live. So I am super excited to have Peter on the podcast today and check in with him and see what he's been up to since leaving Salem. So let's get him on the line and get all the scoop. Hi, Peter.
2: Hey, how you doing?
1: Good. How are you?
2: Life is amazing.
1: Well, down here at the bo-
2: down here at the bottom of the earth
1: <laughs> uh, So yeah so first of all you are coming to us from New
2: Zealand yeah so. well, I got I gotta fill you in a little bit of history <laughs> well, yeah Kelly and I honeymooned here uh, actually I think we were a year into our marriage when we honeymooned here and it just New Zealand just kind of drew us drew us in and when we got here we just we did everything horseback riding spelunking camping canoeing rafting bungee jumping you know all the things that uh, New Zealand offers and um, since then we've come back a few times and uh, a few years ago we came here with our daughter and she fell in love too and and uh, I don't know we just had this pull and Recently, we figured out why we had these <laughs> to uh, come to New Zealand and uh, mostly get out of the States. We found our refuge, yeah.
1: I was going to say, New Zealand was like the best COVID place ever, right? You shut down and kept everyone out.
2: The advantages of living on a small island, yeah. Right. Oh you my know, gosh. Yeah, I mean, there's only like 5 million people here. The size of California, basically, and you know, or less than California. So, <laughs> we're <That's>, loving it. <laughs>
1: that's and how about Loden?
2: Oh, she's thriving. Um, we um, we put her in an all girls school, because <laughs> you know, when when she was going to school in Nashville, she'd come home every day, every day, and I mean every day. This boy pull my hair. This boy. There was always some issue with a boy. And now she comes home, you know, no no complaints. So, <laughs> but, but she just turned 13 and they're starting to go on dates over at the boys' school. And she's, she gets all excited about that for a couple weeks beforehand. So, I think I'm going to be out of the picture very soon.
1: <laughs> oh, Peter, 13.
2: Isn't that crazy? I,
1: I can't believe it.
2: I think, I think the first time you met her was we were at the studio with her or something.
1: Yeah, but I mean...
2: And that was yesterday, yeah.
1: I feel like we were just talking about you having a child, like, you know, yeah. a couple of years ago, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to just do a walk down Peter Reckle memory lane right now. Mm-hmm. We are going to start with, you were born in Indiana, raised in Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and you were you did plays, you were involved in the theater department in high school, so do you remember like what sparked your interest in performing?
2: Um, <clears throat> the guy who got me into this was, in middle school, I had a choir teacher, and um, he... Uh, had a community theater in the summer and i mean i mean <laughs> i was he knew i like to build things and he said hey come on join us you know you can build the sets i was like okay cool i mean and it was so i mean we were taking old lumber and getting the nails out of it to put the sets together it was you know bare bones and um and he what was it for, um I think the first one was West Side Story. And he said, hey, you want to come and do this? And I was like, what is it? And uh, I got to get in fights and see the pretty girls and run around and, you know, have a gang. So what could be better than that? So I got, you know, I got hooked. And the rest is history.
0: Well, clearly you had quite the aptitude for it because (laughs) you trained uh, at the prestigious Boston Conservatory, just a few years later. And Mm -hmm. one story that I love is that uh, you made ends meet while you were a student by uh, working as a singing waiter at an establishment I believe was called Romy's Quarterdeck. Wow, you've Uh,
2: done your research. (laughs) How
0: did you rate yourself, Peter, as a waiter, and do you remember what you used to sing to the patrons?
2: Well, it was kind of interesting because the first two shows were just, you know medley shows every every waiter had a song that they sang and the third show what we would do is the condensed musicals you know we take west side story or carousel or whatever and uh you know just do the musical numbers from it so you know we did i think i that <clears throat> first musical i talked about was west side story i did it again and i played baby john then and uh Second time I did West Side Story was in, um, uh, uh, what was it? Oh, uh, dinner theater. And then we also did a, con- a condensed version of West Side Story in at Romy's. Oh no, I did it in high school and played Tony. Dinner theater, I pl- played Riff. And the I don't remember what I did um, when we did it at Romy's, but <clears throat> West Side Story's sort of been there for a while. Really?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, you've run the gamut of all the uh, of all the Jets. I
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but could he play Maria? That's what I wanted. <laughs>
2: um. <laughs> that, let me. There might be you know one of those plays where it was like the old times where they didn't have women involved, and you. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Um, Well, after school, you made your soap opera debut, and it was your television debut uh, when you were hired to play Eric Hollister on As a World Turns. Um, So tell us what you remember about the casting process and just getting that job.
2: It was, um, you know, it was a whirlwind kind of thing. You know, being in New York City, I was a country kid, just still trying to get my bearings there. And I was really fortunate to get that job. And peter who played my brother um I, I was as with days of our lives i was just surrounded by these just huge actors you know they they were in new york city and they would go do plays on their off time and it was just an amazing place and uh, i got to work opposite some astounding people who really you know showed me the ropes and um uh i don't know you know i learned learned what I was supposed to do when I was in front of that camera.
0: I was just gonna say, I, I love that uh, your character was, uh, over I believe, overdosed on LSD, courtesy <laughs> of James Stenbeck, which is one of the great soap villains. So that's a great thing yeah. to have on your soap opera resume, oh, I feel.
2: Oh, yeah, and the uh, first time I, I dealt with a stuntman because in one of those states of hysteria, my character went through a plate glass door and the producers wanted the real effect. And so they actually made a stuntman go through a plate glass sliding glass door. And I was standing maybe 20 feet away when that happened. And this guy put iron bars on his shins and his arms. And I don't know what he did with his head, but. And he, and oh, he had a wetsuit on under the costume (laughs) and he ran about 20 feet and hit this door and I could feel the impact standing so far away. And it was like, did you, did you make it through without cutting your jugular? (laughs) And he did, It, it was pretty scary. But I mean, I got to work opposite Dana Delaney. She was my, you know, one of my first love interests.
1: And what was she like as a co-star?
2: Oh, she was amazing. She's was uh, a lot of fun. I've seen some of the clips from that, you know, because there's some fans who put, put my stuff on uh, Twitter. And um, I haven't been able to let Loden, or she just didn't want to watch my work, you know, as it really came up. I don't know if you've heard this story. I yeah. did the Today Show or one of those shows I traveled to New York to do. And, you know, they, as they do, they put a clip on at the beginning. And uh, it ended up with Christian and I kissing. And Kelly told me Loden was watching it and she looked at the TV. And her eyes went wide open. She stuck out her hand and wagged her finger. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so these days with, with uh, the fans putting those uh, little clips on, I get to show her, um, you know, little things that she'll enjoy without, without seeing the romance stuff. But it was fun uh, to watch uh, Dana and you know, because I, I, going beyond um, that show, uh, I, you know, didn't think I was ever any good when I was on uh, As the World Turns, but I, you know, they put some stuff on there and I went, well, well, that's acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, one of the um, uh, producers from the show uh i think didn't he run into you at uh one of the award shows and or she ran into you at what uh stephanie at one of the yeah. award shows and said i never saw it no <laughs> and, did someone say that to me it was you or or maybe some maybe it was Shelly curtis or some some oh maybe it was shelley because one of the producers of the show when i won one of the best actor awards for uh soap opera digest awards uh one of those producers walked up yeah it must have been shelly and said when he was on my show i never saw it and i i never agree would have told
1: her. you that i never would have told you if someone told me
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> no i i i i it probably came up because i said you know i i would have agreed with her you know <laughs>
0: Well, perhaps that tenure was a little inauspicious, if you ask Peter. (laughs) But the following year, uh, you of course made your Days of Our Lives debut as Bo Brady. So you've got to tell us your your days casting story.
2: Um, it was uh, it was kind of interesting because I moved out to California and I really, you know, one of those egotistical young actors and thinks you know. I got it all in the bag. I've done my daytime. I, I'm moving on to movies. I'm moving on to nighttime TV. And my agent kept saying, hey, come on, just go do this audition. You know, the, the casting director really wants you to do it. And I'm like, no, no, no. And finally, they convinced me to go to this audition for Bo Brady. And I was like, okay. But you know, it's like we said at the, at the beginning of our conversation, when we were talking before this started, it's just, if, if you open your arms to the world, it will give you what you need. And, um, and I did. And uh, I remember, I remember Al saying to me the la- cause you have a couple of auditions and then you have the final uh, taping and stuff. Um, and I came in with my hair longer and, uh, and a scruffy beard and, And, um, he had given us in the auditions before notes that, you know, this guy was kind of rough and tumble, you know, wrong side of the tracks. But then at the, for our last, uh, reading, he said he completely changed his mind. I'm like, "Mm, I don't see it like that. So I just did it the way I, you know, he had told us to do it before. And, um, and mostly I was just lucky that Shelley was there fighting for, for the characters. She really, she really, you know, I, as she did for many years at the beginning of Bowen Hope's whole storyline, she really went to bat for us. I think Susan Hayes also, for some reason, was watching the show. I she told me a story many years later about how she was rooting for the bad boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, well, then you get the job. And so were you, were you excited because you had gone out there then to do movies, and now here's another daytime show? Like, what do oh, you think?
2: Yeah, I, you know, there was no turning back. And I think that's, you know, why things work, because, uh, like, being on the show for, for as many years as I was, every show, you know, I just took what I could and made it the best I thought I could make it. And because um, it's very easy in daytime to just fall into a rut because you're just, you know, it's a regular job that you do every day. And quite often you get similar storylines or similar scenes and stuff like that. And, you know, and an audience can see that. And um, and I think both Christian and I, we just every day came in and made it something new. It was new for us, so it was new for the audience. No matter if we had done those scenes in a similar story a couple of years before or whatever, and it was the same at the beginning. And I, I had to step up my game because you know those first few shows I was coming in with Dee and Wayne and Jim. I mean, you know, I was coming in doing scenes with the heavy hitters at that time, and uh, so hey, I, yeah, I had to really you know. I had to come in prepared and, and also, you know, coming in prepared with a character that, you know, was kind of new to daytime, you know, there was was no uh, giving it, doing, doing it halfway.
0: You know, on paper, it, it seems like you kind of flew under the radar a little bit on world turns, but then you get to days and almost immediately you kind of exploded, you know, your popularity skyrocketed, your celebrity, uh, just kind of starts to take off as well. Did it feel that way to you? Like, could you see that shift and that, 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 uh, the momentum, I guess, of your popularity, your visibility, your career in this genre?
2: No, not really. Because, you know, you're in the studio just busting butt for, you know, back then it was, it was a grueling schedule. And, um, you know, being in there at 6 30. Uh, dry block, camera block, dress rehearsal, then, you know, and it was, and actually Al brought me into his office one day and said to me, you know what, you've worked more shows in the last six months than anybody in daytime. I was like, oh, okay. Do, 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 do. And, <laughs> and then he looked at me and he said, I'm going to send you to doctor, and get a B12 shot. Like, what? <laughs> like, okay. You know, he had to keep his Keep his workhorse uh, up and running. Um, so I don't know. You just you just did it. And I remember when Christian and I went to New Orleans, and they were, you know we're getting off the plane, and there's this brass band, and I don't know hundreds of people there and stuff. And we just looked at each other like, what the heck has happened in the world? You know because we were, you know just doing our job and, and then something like that hit you it was it was pretty uh, overwhelming
1: well i mean Hope's romance is like unquestionably one of the most successful love stories ever told on soaps uh i just was telling mara who knows this story of course that it is what sucked me into days of our lives in 1984 it's like my sister was watching i sat down with her and you were in a tunnel and shenanigans hiding from Larry. And I was like, I'm watching the show. And it was, it was your scenes. Um, but what, when you look back now, like what is your take on why this couple, you know, struck the audience as it did and was just so magical?
2: You know, it's kind of, kind of hard. I was listening to, um, when I take Loden to school in the morning, we listen to like a, you know, a, an old rock and roll radio station. So you get, you're getting things from the seventies and eighties and, and, and she really digs it. And, and you hear these, and it just, this hit me the other day that you hear all this different kind of music. And some of it now is what, 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 why did I like that back then? And then others, you know, still hit me on a deep level. And a lot of it, I think is timing, you know, people needed, what we were given to them, and there were so so many things that just sort of kind of plopped into space into place. Uh, days of our lives had the money to do the things we were doing. Shelley was just fighting her ass off to to get these stories told. She had seen the Luke and Laura thing at general hospital and uh, saw what could happen and came in and did it with a younger couple and you know a little bit more raw and uh, apparently that's what the what you wanted to see
1: you know that's what I wanted to see
2: and so I think I think you know then the pairing of Christian and I were it was you know a couple of kids coming in and just working their asses off and having a good time so um, I don't know and we were just very fortunate. If I could answer that question, I'd be a billionaire. Because <laughs> who could put all those, those things together?
0: Right. Lightning in a bottle. You know? Right. Um, it really is amazing, uh, to your point about the budget, how often you went on location. Uh, so many different stories took you out of the studio, which is so unique. So you mentioned arriving in New Orleans to a brass band. What else stands out to you about that seminal Bow and Hope in New Orleans uh, trip that you took?
2: Well, it also, you know, you have to give um, Ray, um, um, Al Rabin uh, credit, because when we do some did something like that, it was just hit and run. I mean, we had a basic story. And what was going on down there? Fair World's. So, some something huge is going on. were
1: looking for the prism at the art no, show.
2: not the storyline. The, the <laughs> in in New Orleans because um, oh, they had the, the they had all the parades and stuff in New Orleans. There was oh. that that oh. we we just kind of ju- well that I was showing loading some of that stuff because um, they were putting up clips of of New Orleans things and you know and I'm running down the street juggling and we just ran into another uh, a juggler and he and I started doing stuff and she and I were running, you know, around this parade that I think, what was, it? It was some huge parade. And the, was you
1: know, the Mardi, Gras? Mardi Gras, were you there for that? It,
2: uh, maybe it was, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, all that I knew,
1: pissed, Cause that was a summer story. I feel yeah. like,
2: all I, all I knew is I had 70 pages of dialogue a day <laughs> and I was running. And I mean, <laughs> things like uh, fancy face came out of that trip. Cause, wow. uh, I jumped up, you know, the story I I don't know, I guess I was running for from something and uh I jumped on this horse-drawn carriage to get away and you know, that's Christian turns with their, you know, with a hat on or something or scarf and stuff and looked at me and I was supposed to say something I for, and I and it went out of my head. And I just and she was looking at me, you know, the way she looks at people and uh or at at me at that time and i I couldn't come up with anything and i just said fancy face and uh that's (gasps) good
1: that's amazing
0: incredible incredible wow
1: um well so new orleans was one trip you also got to go to england what what stands out to you about that trip
2: being able to ride a horse down the streets (laughs) was just (laughs) crazy what else stands out uh um it was wet and cold and the food really was not good. <laughs> the, the stories you hear about the food. Um, what else? Not, you know, that was a long time ago. I think that, that scene with, uh, with uh, jumping on the horse and riding down the streets, that's the one that sticks with me.
1: Well, speaking of riding, you also had the famous motorcycle story um, that I love. That when, uh, Was it when Bo was taking Hope from Larry's wedding? And you got pulled over
2: on the motorcycle. And uh, Shelly had to stop and save me because I was in in my costume. Driving (laughs) driving a motorcycle, a a policeman's or, you know, what used to be a policeman's motorcycle down the freeway. And a motorcycle policeman pulls me (laughs) over. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. How am I going to explain to him? I'm just going up to the park here. See the makeup on my face? And he's looking at me. And Shelly comes in and saves the day (laughs) explains what's happening. I don't know how I got out of that because obviously, what I was, you know, I didn't have my license on me and all, you know. And the prop guys, you know, at the beginning, they were just going to take the motorcycle and put it on a truck and have it, or it was on a truck and have it delivered to the site. I was like, nah. Let me get used to it. So when when we're doing the shot, you know, I, I know what I'm driving because it was a kind of motorcycle that I had never been on before. <sighs> Drama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never
0: a dull moment. No. Um, well, of course, you know, Bo's life was, uh, was more than just the relationship with Hope. And there was so much story that came out of his identity as a Brady. Um, so tell us first about working with Wayne Northrup, who played your brother on the show when you first, uh, started playing Bo, and obviously was such a huge part of the character's life.
2: Yeah, that was, that, you know, that is another thing that really impacted me, because, all of my family's relationships were just so powerful. With my brother, with my with Pop, who wasn't my dad, with Mom, who cheated on my dad, with Victor, who was my real dad, and my sisters, who were having their dramas, and it it was so multi layered. And um, uh, I don't know, I was just a challenge, and it was a challenge that I just loved because the writing was so so full um, and Wayne I mean uh, there again he just the uh, super guy and you know you couldn't if you catch somebody acting i just you shouldn't be catching people acting and with him you never caught in acting and uh, i don't know he just talked it was the same as the guy with peter who played my brother in in as the world turns, I was just so fortunate to work with amazing actors. And I mean, uh, Josh wasn't my brother at that or wasn't playing my brother at that time. But he's the one who saw me sort of getting in a, in a rut with my work. And he, he took me aside and said, hey, I'm doing this acting class. You want to come join me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, and we, we all just had each other's back. Like, when you look
1: back at that time in the studio, I mean, there was really nothing bigger than Days of Our Lives at the time where there were like super couples and, you know, that magical time in the 80s. You know, were you even aware of it inside the studio walls about how really big this show was? I mean, just so when I started at Soap Opera Digest, they called it Days of Our Lives Digest because it was on the cover like every week, practically. But it was a really big deal. And you oh. were on the
0: cover solo
2: more than once, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, there were some interesting covers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 that was good because you really you uh, you you saw my transitions of my personal struggles that were were happening with uh you know because you know going from just a kid who was an agent to everything that, you know, was days of our lives was, you know, pretty life changing and amazing and difficult at the same time. Um, So uh, no, to answer your question, um, you know, in the makeup, uh, makeup room, people would be talking about the ratings and stuff, but I personally, it wasn't, uh, wasn't ever an issue. I was just there to do my work. And, um, you know, I look back on it and actually when this last, since I stopped the show and uh, became a, a dad, you know, full time, I see what happened in the world for many years that I was not even aware of, because I was just so entrenched in what I was doing. And, oh, I kind of missed that part of music, you know, because I was stuck with uh, um, Bruce Springsteen or whatever, you know, but. That is uh, not
1: stuck, Peter.
2: What? That, that is, is not,
1: not stuck. <laughs> Right.
2: <laughs> I, I, yeah I love his new stuff and you know he's very he was very smart to come out with uh, the little talk show that he does doing mm-hmm. it's really great to listen to that anyway um, so I no I wasn't really too much involved in you know I had too much work to do
1: <laughs> right it's amazing because it's a, it's a it's a similar story that we hear from anyone during that time and for us you know on the outside of it, there was nothing, there was nothing bigger, you know, like you were right. the big star in daytime. And, but for you guys who were on the other side of it, I just, it's just, it's an interesting, you know, um, dichotomy, if you will. Like, Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. The only time it really was like in your face was going to the Soap Digest awards and things like that, where you just like, what the hell, <laughs> you know, The, the you, that energy was, you know, that was aimed at or because of the character you were playing was, Really crazy. Mm-hmm.
0: Peter, give it to us straight. Did your soap opera digest awards make it make the move with you?
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, Yes, of course they made it. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't been unpacked yet because I still haven't got. I need to put bookcases in this room for all our books and and those kind of mem- that kind of memorabilia. So yes. <laughs> They, they did make it <laughs> well those <laughs> th- those are the wa- those are the awards that I really cherish somebody's you know I've answered the question in the past about the Emmys and you know those awards and you know maybe I'm just appeasing myself by saying well you know the awards that the audience voted for were you know it touched me more than the fact that the industry did not ever give me an Emmy you know what what it's the industry. One, <laughs> why should why should I expect them to uh, recognize me in any way?
0: Right.
1: Well, you did have an amazing run when you first started. You left the show for the first time in '87 and landed on my favorite primetime show of all time, <laughs> *Landing*, um, playing Johnny Rourke from '88 to '89. You worked closely with Nicolette Sheridan, who played Paige. Um, so, tell us about your not landing experience.
2: It's just and terrible.
1: And cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. We're- just terrible to have to work with these women that are
1: just <laughs> talented yeah we'll
2: talented <laughs> you know it's just terrible the, the job i had um it was it was great but you know more like a vacation you know because i do <laughs> we had what was it 10 days i think to do what i was used to doing in one day so i got all sorts of things done I, put an addition on my house <laughs> and uh uh it was it was great i had an awesome time and pretty much every show you were out on location there was you know technical things i had to learn about um shooting a different kind of a soap and uh nicolette and i had a, had a great time and um there was <laughs> it was fun
0: well you uh you did come back one of my most vivid days of our lives memory when I first started is the cruise of deception. Oh my goodness, the vat of acid. Loved your work. Mo <laughs> so then bounced back with uh, Crystal Chappelle's Carly, which was another like really big success. Um, and uh, you got to uh, get married on a mountaintop in Mexico in a symbolic Mayan ceremony. There are very few people in daytime who can say that. What <laughs> stands out to you uh, about that trip, that uh, era of your day's life?
2: Yeah, that was the first time I had traveled to Mexico and, you know, to, for the show to take us down there. and that, I don't even remember much of the storyline because just being in such a, a, a I don't know, inspirational, magical, um, spiritual place. And we're very fortunate to have, I guess you would refer to them as guides. You know, who were able to tell you, uh, well, this place is where they played this kind of sport and, uh, you know, <laughs> and some of the gruesome things that they had to tell you. Um, so it was, I, I felt more like it was a, because I don't remember having a whole lot of material that we did, but I, I felt kind of like a tourist to be there and, and experience, you know, those pyramids and stuff. It was And again, being in Mexico where it's humid, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, I guess that's the best way to say it. It felt like a tourist. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Well, so you had come off of obviously a very successful run with Christian as Hope and Bo and Hope, as we said, were very big. But then Bo and Carly actually also found, you know, a very popular, passionate audience for them too. Was that a surprise to you? Were you worried about, could you do another romance with someone that was going to be successful as well?
2: Nope. I wasn't. Um, Not that I knew it was going to be successful or anything, because it it was very difficult for the audience to accept Bo with somebody else. Um, So, but again, it was just, okay, you know, this is what I am given. I can't, I can't predict whether the audience is going to like it or not. uh, We did, we, again, you know, a very talented woman and we just, did our job and hope that, that that it worked. And we were very fortunate that it did, which, you know, gave when Christian came back so much, well, actually there was a lot of other stuff that happened before that. Um,
1: right.
2: Somebody else playing my role was a little bit, <laughs> I felt a little protective of Bo. Um, and- well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the show had to, you know, it was a popular character, so they had to do what they had to do.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it like after that to reclaim the role and, you know, walk back into the studio and, and find the character again after someone else had played him for a while?
2: Well, I didn't have to find the character again, really, because he was there. Um, it was strange to me to that Bo became a policeman, which... Um, i don 't know if it would have happened if I had continued the role, <laughs> but uh, you know that 's what writers do is they play to what which is great on daytime and it's I think it 's something that you know benefits the sh- the shows if they go toward whatever the actor can bring to the character and they go in that direction and um, but it didn 't feel like taking taking the 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 character back uh um actually ken was c- concerned because um mr K- kelly was uh apparently pretty popular and he even said that to me <laughs> before i had my first day back and i was like you're concerned that the person <laughs> who created this role is going to have an issue having the audience come back <laughs> uh, i was like well, whatever that, no, so it didn't really it didn't i i just again just did my job and uh and everything worked out nicely.
1: <laughs> right, and if I recall, and this is actually 25 years later, but I do recall the ratings sp- like spiking when <laughs> you returned.
2: So <laughs> I'll let you say that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say that the ratings went up when you came back. Everyone was happy that even if even if Robert was a wonderful beau, you were yeah. beau. You know. Yeah. Um, now, so, Bo and Carly's romance was not the only popular romance that you had, separate from Bo and Hope. You also had Bo and Billy. And you had three different Billies that you worked with. Yeah. Uh, Lisa Rinna, Krista Allen, and Julie Pinson. So, tell us about working with those ladies and just about the Bo and Billy romance.
2: Well, it, again, I gotta say, the, the writers, it, those those things wouldn't have worked if the writer, if the, what was on the page wasn't good. Um, You know, the writing was astounding and all I had to do was, you know, make it real. Um, And they continue to give me actresses, give me, (laughs) help let me play opposite actresses that were really amazing. So it made my job easy. Um, Oh, you have to pretend to be in love with this beautiful woman. Okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was, it was not a challenge. Mm -hmm i have i have a good job
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you do (laughs) what
2: i what i what i do for a living is fun (laughs) yeah
0: we what we do for a living is fun too we get to interview peter reckel what could be better (laughs) um so i when you returned to the show in 95 you ended up staying for 17 years so needless to say a whole lot happened in Bo's life. Um, you know, we're talking Princess Gina and Stefano's shenanigans, and the death of uh, Bo's son Zach, which was so heartbreaking. You know, when you think about the that 17-year run, are there things that come to mind for you as highlights of of that era?
2: Well, again, it's uh, I got to go back to the writing because. I got to work with Francis Reed and have an astounding, you know, Bo and Mrs. H had, you know, a, a relationship that I, I don't watch TV or daytime. And, but, you know, I, I don't re- re- really think that there are too many relationships like that. And, um, to have that relationship with, a, you know, again, an amazing person to work opposite. And, uh, have fun with and uh, you know, and, and Peggy too. You know, ha- my you know, just that multifaceted uh, relationship um, with an amazing actress. You know, all these people that are leaving us. Um, I, th- I. Th- those really added to the top of the, whatever the romance story was going on. You had these other characters that really s- supported and uh, made it interesting to watch because you weren't just watching the, the love, the couple, you were watching the family, the community, which as far as an audience, I, I would assume it made it just much more interesting.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they crossed you with pretty much everyone on the canvas, but when you look at the people you worked with, it's a pretty impressive list.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate.
1: Um, now, you did make the decision to leave in 2012 at a very different place in your life, as we've discussed. It's fair to say you and your wife, Kelly, had become parents to Loden, who was born in 2007. Um, you know, at the time, you tweeted... That you were leaving and that, uh, you know, you had taken the place of people when you came in the 80s. Now people had sort of moved into the role that you had. And, you know, you, you acknowledged it was a meaningful run, but you had a torn heart about it. Um, you know, when you reflect back on that now, you know, what was going on for you when you made the decision to go and the torn heart you were speaking of?
2: <laughs> well, it's all uh, um, when you make changes like that, it's not that where you're at you're you're you know not happy um it's that's what made the 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 decision so difficult but you know uh you can't really explain the feeling of having a child to somebody who hasn't and this you know i was given uh this amazing gift uh uh, kelly and i were given this amazing gift because we didn't think we could get pregnant. And um, and I was missing quite a bit of it. And um, playing bow was, it was, I like I continue to say, an extremely amazing, and I was very fortunate to have been there at the time I was and all the experiences I had. So obviously was, you know, means a lot and meant a lot and still means a lot to me um the the whole day's saga and uh so it wasn't easy to leave you know um but i'm glad i did because this this last several years has been amazing you know to to be with this being and watch her grow and just be part of that it's i wouldn't i would not have changed it at all change it for anything i mean to uh to to be fortunate enough to be dad is just and have this this little person, you know, part of your responsibility. And she's already, you know, off, going off on her own almost. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm very, very extremely happy that I made the correct decision.
1: Mm -hmm. If I know Mara, she's crying.
0: (laughs) She is. Yes, yes, yes. now, you uh, you did return to Days in 2015 for uh, a several-month run on the occasion of the show's 50th anniversary, um, and Bo died a pretty definitive death at that point. Were you in favor of that? How did you feel about them giving sort of a... I mean, obviously, this is Days of Our Lives we're talking about, so any number of things could reverse it. But as Days' deaths go, it seemed definitive. Were you in favor of giving like sort of a coda to Bo, or... Would, you know, would you have preferred if they'd kept a more, like, open opportunity for you to possibly come back? Or they just the character to exist somewhere?
2: Um, when Ken called and said that he, he was looking at uh, having me come back for a little bit, um, I was very much for it because I felt that when I left the show, for whatever reason the producers and writers or whatever didn't give the audience the goodbye to Bo that I felt and the audience felt that he deserved um, to have him sort of just kind of disappear and sort of be there with phone calls and whatever. I don't know. I don't know all the circumstances, you know, he's in the other room, whatever, <laughs> You know, all that kind of stuff is just, was not, in my opinion, um, fair for the audience. they They had invested an, an awful lot into Bo as I had, and um, it it was it was not fair. And to have Bo come back and give them a, a final goodbye. and you know Ken said to me, if if we're going to have the character die, we're going to have him die, and we're not going to bring him back with another actor you know he promised me that well. Well, I didn't have him. I didn't ask him to promise. He just did, and um, I I, I, th- I deserved that kind of a, a goodbye for the show. And I think the audience definitely deserved some kind of closure. And uh, so, and I came back for a long enough time that you know they got to see. You know, we had a really cool storyline. could have said goodbye to a couple more people, but it might've gotten boring (laughs) because, you know, there was a lot of dramatic goodbyes.
1: Mary Beth won an Emmy. I was just going to say.
2: Yeah. yeah. Those, those scenes with her were just amazing. Um, uh, I don't know if that, that's the reason she got the Emmy, but um, those, you know, she's just, again, here we have, again, uh, uh, an astounding, beautiful actress who, uh, just gave powerful performances.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, you did come back as a ghost a year later okay. for a little uh, brief visit, but as you mentioned, you are now in New Zealand. So, just tell us about just the life change of picking up and moving you know, somewhere completely, like far from you know America, and just the culture, like and how different that is, and what goes on in New Zealand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it, like I said, we had a um, an attraction to to uh, New Zealand from from. 20 something years ago when we first came here for our for our honeymoon and uh and bringing bringing my daughter here she she loved it and just on a whim we visited a couple of schools to see if she would like the schools and we walked into the one that she's going to and she was running up and down the aisles and ran into the ran into the principal what is the principal and said hey this is where i'm gonna go to school I'm Like, oh. okay <laughs> um so it took us a couple years to to actually make the decision to come down and uh, you know was it the right thing but we always sort of felt in our heart that it was it was just you know the the logistics of of moving and Moving at a time where my parents were elderly, and you know our parents are getting old and having to go back and visit with them when you know those kind of things. But um, and just this last several months, you know, we're like, oh, this is the reason we were pulled here, (laughs) you know, because it's as it's the safest place on earth right now, and. To, to be here is just like, wow, um, <laughs> I can't believe it. And, you know, um, like this this project we just got, just sort of came about um, that um, we're putting out right now, the Christmas album. You know, you sit around with people and, you know, obviously we we hook up with a lot of musicians and you know people talk and and then you got a production company here, you got a singer here, and you got musicians that play the and this person, well, I've got a studio in my back back of my house, and this idea of putting together a Christmas album came about um, sort of or I hate that word, but organically and uh, and we just did it. and I got to sing again, which. I actually was a little nervous about it at first because it'd been a while and, uh, but I kind of liked it. It was fun. <laughs> and, and my tune actually, um, one of the producers said, you know, this might be, uh, I, there's a couple others that I think are better obviously, but cause I just singing is just kind of a fun thing for me. Um, but you know, the, well, the name of the album is joy. So what, what more can I say? Um, and, uh, I don't know, like I said, things just kind of organically come. If you, if you, if you just keep yourself open, things, things happen that need to happen.
0: All right. Well, A, uh, the next time you get a, like, move to New Zealand style inspiration that was clearly the universe giving you, like, quite the heads up, could you let Steph and me know? (laughs) Uh, and then secondly uh, how can people find this Joy LP because it is being released basically right as we're talking
2: actually the release (laughs) I should have known Friday the 13th it was supposed to be released today (laughs) but (laughs) uh, something happened with uh, our connection with uh, the UK producers and it so it won't be released till next week, sometime. Um, but you can uh, get pre-sales if you go to Blue Iris, and that is spelled B L U E, and A E R I S dot com. Um, you can get some pre-sales. Uh, you know, pre-buy it there, and and um, and when it obviously is released, it'll you'll get it. And we also did a bunch of videos. So, um, and I, I don't know if those will come out next week when they come out, because they were separate, that the audio was going to come first, and then the videos were going to come second. But um, I, oh, I got to direct a couple of, the, of them. We've got these two young bands that that are just incredible. Um, one plays like an 80s style rock music so of course I love them and I got to direct their their video and um, another was um, just a just a couple musicians young 20 year old musicians that sort of fell fell into the whole picture so I got to direct their videos which was fun
1: how was that it was
2: you know um, I bet a few of the directors out there that have had to work with me will go yeah I can see that because I Sometimes I had a tendency to take over. Um, <laughs> so, but it's fun to see from the other side of the camera and really look at things and what the audience is going to see and, you know, get involved with the lighting and the sound and the set dressing and, you know, everything that directors have to think about. You know, being in front of the camera, you've got one thing you got to do, and it's pretty, pretty easy comparatively. But uh, being a director, you you know there's a lot of stuff you gotta be involved with so it was it was fun
1: do you see yourself doing more of that
2: oh absolutely i i kind of got the (laughs) it's kind of got it hooked me i i'm gonna because it was fun to be given a piece of material and uh all right go think about it and. Give us, the, give us the footage that you think will work with this. And so it was great, yeah.
1: So wait, is Joy original Christmas music? Is it, uh, um, what kind of music is it?
2: There are 10 songs. Three of them are covers and all the others are, are originals. Yeah. Right. The bands, pretty much anybody who was doing the singing uh, either wrote the song or wrote half of it. You know, they were involved in the writing somehow
1: and how long did it take for it to come together
2: it in an incredibly short time i think it's been six weeks we put it together well and and it wasn't that difficult because the you know like i said i got the studio hey these guys can come in and do this and we got some of the most amazing singers here you know it was a communal thing uh, that you know are here in new zealand they it's sort of like alaska when i went up there with kelly because there's so much time just to sit and play and have fun and um it's the whole idea came about because of covid and everybody's you know just coming up with these groups of things that happen singers and songwriters are just putting stuff out on and we're like well why don't we do that you know for christmas so and i you know and it was fun to to have something to give to my audience, because, you know, I'm, I'm really astounded that my Twitter account has stayed the same since I've left. I'm like, you know, I've over the years, I've said, oh, I got a project and it doesn't come through. Oh, I've got a project and it doesn't come through. And that's happened a few times. And it's nice to finally have a project that is going to be out there and people can see it and hear it.
1: Um, I mean, it sounds like you've cr- carved out quite a life for yourself in New Zealand. Like, you've met people that you're obviously close to. I mean, is this it? Like, are you staying there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> it feels like it, yeah. Obviously, now. What's going on with the world? We're going right, be, to right. be, here, be here for... Who knows? I mean, we thought that once summertime came to the northern hemisphere, COVID would be gone, but it's it's not. So, who knows? We're we're, we're going to stay where it's safe. Yes.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, what's the one thing that you miss the most about the United States?
2: Um, family, mostly, you know, that I was fortunate to get back to, to the States. You know, as I mentioned earlier, it was, I've had a difficult year with family. Um, my mom passed uh, a year and a half ago and my dad passed uh, just almost a year after she did, you know, and so I, was, I was fortunate to get back and be able to say goodbye to them. And uh, Kelly and Loden had had some special time with them before they passed. That kind of thing is difficult, but it's brought my family, my my siblings together, because we're all, we now talk much more often uh, you know, we do the Zoom thing, and everybody gets together and just chats and supports each or, supports each other. So it's it's difficult that we're away, but it's kind of ironic that uh, we actually communicate more now.
0: Right?
2: Zoom is an amazing thing.
0: <laughs> it is <Yeah. laughs> absolutely well, Peter. Before we let you go, you know, Days just uh, just very recently marked its fifty fifth anniversary, and you really cannot. Tell the story of Days of Our Lives without talking about the impact of Peter Reckle and Bo Brady. Uh, as you reflect on that legacy today, what does it mean to you to have played such a big role in the history of this incredibly long-running show?
2: I know I use this word a lot, but I can't uh, I can't overuse it because I'm I was just lucky and fortunate to be in a place you know like the timing of. Uh, being involved with days of our lives um i you know it just convinces me more that just prepare yourself and see what the world is giving you and and head down a path that you know like asked me the other day dad when did you know that you wanted to be an actor you know and um i had to think about it for a while and um it came to me it was when I would was willing to suffer, to work, to sacrifice for something, and and not comp- you know, and continue to do it, it was something I wanted to do. When you know, you think, and I use the example of I I'm a natural athlete. I could have been an athlete. Um, my dad wanted me to be an athlete, and you know, when he saw me playing softball with the day's team or walking a high wire or, you know, all those fun things that I got to do because of days of our lives. He was like, I always knew it. I always knew it. You know, <laughs> but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't willing to do the hard work to be a professional athlete, but I was willing to give up a lot, to suffer, to, go through being a hungry actor to, you know, working my ass off because I'm dyslexic and memorizing 50 pages of dialogue takes an awful, takes me an awful lot more time than it would other people. But I was willing to do that work and not whine about it. And um, to be able to let her know, let my daughter know that you will find that thing that, you know, you just, is your joy. And, you know, there may be difficult times, you're willing to, you know, fight through them.
1: And if her passion is acting? (laughs) And it
2: might be. uh, (laughs) She tends to do all her, uh, all the talent shows. And last year she did a talent show that, you know, came up like in two days and she's, Daddy, I'm gonna go sing this. Okay. And and then I went and watched her and, oh my God, she's a ham. (laughs) 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 Uh, it was scary.
1: <laughs> well, she's got singing and acting in her blood from she's both got, sides. She's so. got
2: all of it. Yeah.
1: Look to you.
2: Yeah. Thanks. I think I'm going to need it. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, this is so much fun to catch up with you, Peter, and just hear what you're up to. And um, I hope everyone goes out and pre-orders their Joy album.
2: Yeah, I think they'll enjoy it. There's a lot of different kind of music on there. And uh, no matter what kind of music you love, you'll find at least one tune that goes in that direction. And it's great to catch up with you guys, too. It's been a while.
1: It has. Let's not let that much time pass next time. Have a great day, because it's tomorrow there. So.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I- And we hope to talk to you soon.
2: Okay. Cheers.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Peter Reckle for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.